Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are heading to Chicago to talk with the author Deborah L. King. Deborah is the author of many books like Mary Not Broken and the book series Glory Bishop. So, Deborah, welcome to the RV. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, and I'm super happy to go to Chicago today to talk with you. And Deborah, you were born and raised in Chicago. Yes. Yes. I live in the suburbs right now. But I grew up in Chicago. That's where my books are set in Chicago. I love Chicago. I like the atmosphere. I like the landmarks. I like to pretend to be a tourist and go into the city and take the train and go see the, they call it now the Willis Tower, but in my heart, it will always be the Sears Tower. I got married at the John Hancock building. It's just a fascinating city. I love the city. Now I want to stay in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) And I was reading a little bit about the city and I saw that the Millennium Park is amazing. Yes, it is amazing. There's a sculpture there called Cloudgate and Everybody says it looks like a bean, and it actually does look like a bean, but it's a beautiful sculpture. It's all mirrored, and it's it's like chrome, so you can walk up to it and see the city skyline reflected at different angles. It's just amazing. Well, I can imagine. That's why you love this city so much. Yes. So many things to do there. Yes, definitely. And I see that you published your first short story at age seven. (laughs) Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It was a story. It was called As the Church Bells Ring. Mm -hmm. And it was about a church that had broken steeple bells. And the church was getting ready to close down they were going to board up the church because nobody came to church because without bells nobody knew when it was time to come to church so just as they were about to lock the doors for the last time the minister and a janitor tried to pull the cord on the bells one time they said a prayer and pulled the bells and 
the bells worked and people came running from near and far and the church stayed open and they all lived happily ever after. And it was published in the church newsletter and everybody loved the story. And then I tried writing another story, except for my mother told me it was not good enough. I think the word she used was derivative. And I had to look it up because I didn't know what it meant. Because all I did was took a Bible story and rewrote it. And she said, everybody knows where this story is from. This one is not good enough to publish. And you need to get a better attitude. Because I thought I was the greatest writer in the world when I was seven. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think you started writing so early? I started writing early because I don't know any other way to put it, but I was a horrible liar. I told, I made up stories about my friends who didn't know each other. So if I was visiting my cousins on the south side, I would tell them about my cousins or my friends on the west side. And I would make up these elaborate stories that had characters, they had villains, they had sex and violence, except for, well, the sex that you know when you're seven. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of kissing going on. But... I would make up these lies about all of my friends and I didn't tell my parents, but these were very elaborate stories. And then as soon as I learned how to read and write, I started writing them down. And I eventually started just making up stories that were not lies about my friends. And it just took off from there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up reading the stories I didn't let my friends I let them read the stories that were not about them I let them in high school I wrote other kinds of stories that were I wrote inappropriate stories for a long time um through high school when I was little um up until I started taking my writing seriously. So that was probably the end of high school, beginning of college. But yeah, I was a terrible liar when I was little. So I, that's when I started making up stories. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that you, you were born super creative. That's what I hear. So Deborah. You published a series of books entitled Gloria Bishop. Can you tell us a little bit about this series? Well, let's see. Gloria Bishop is uh, it's a coming-of-age story about a girl growing up in Chicago in the 1980s. And it starts when she's 16. And her mother has suffered a lot of trauma and believes she's being punished by God. So in order to keep Glory from suffering the same trauma and being punished by God, 
Glory's mother keeps her away from everything in the world. She has covered their apartment windows with black plastic so that demons can't get in. She doesn't let Glory do anything except for go to church and go to school. And she can go to her job at a local beauty salon that only plays gospel music or Mary thinks it only plays gospel music. She's thrown away all the books in the house except the Bible. She is very very protective because she thinks that keeping glory away from the world will keep her away from temptation and will keep God from having to punish her. Well, one day, the pastor's son, a man named Malcolm, sets his sights on glory. Now, glory is 16, but Malcolm is 27. And Glory's mother thinks, okay, he's the pastor's son. He's a young minister. This is the perfect man for my daughter. And so her mother lets this 27-year-old man date her 16-year-old daughter. And because she's hanging out with Malcolm, Glory's mother lets her have freedom. Anything that Malcolm says she can do, Glory's mother lets her do. So now Glory is going to stick with Malcolm because she can go to the mall, she can go out with friends, she can go to the library, and she can even read books. So, and then the story kind of goes from there and it follows Glory and Malcolm's relationship. Um, the second book in the series is Glory Unbound, and it is it starts when Glory gets away from her mother's influence and how she grows and it follows her development. And then the third book is Mary Not Broken, which is a prequel to Glory Bishop. And it tells the story of Glory's mother and what her trauma was and how she became the person she is. The series gets good reviews. People like it. I've had questions about it. A lot of people want to know who the characters are and things like that. And I tell people it is not an autobiography. Um, there are some things that happened to Glory in the story that I took from personal experience or experiences of other people I know. But no, this is not my life story. I am not Glory. Glory's mother is not my mother. But I hear it's a good series. Not friends stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not stories about my friends. The story about Glory's mother is in your latest book. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's a, it it's even though it's the it's the last book in the series, it actually can be read first. Okay. So you get to know Mary and then read about how she turned out in Glory Bishop. I'm already curious to know about her mother's background or childhood to just it's the, I can tell you without giving away too much, Mary was, her parents tried to force her into an arranged marriage. And she did not like that idea at all. So she ran away 
and married this the boy down the street and they didn't quite live happily ever after yes and in the end she is kind of doing the same with her daughter so yes yes and it winds up she's doing the same thing to her daughter okay so actually i have to tell you your book covers have caught my attention uh, there is a there is a bird in a cage and in the next one you see an empty cage with some feathers left behind so what is the significance of this well the covers the first cover was glory bishop and the original cover had a young woman on the cover and it had purple and it was stripes and it looked like science fiction and the publisher decided that after some focus group questions and things like that the cover did not convey the message of the story it did not it was not a women's fiction cover it was a science mm -hmm. fiction cover it was beautiful but it was not women's fiction so we changed it to the birdcage cover and the bird in the cage is much too big the cage is too tight and the little bird can't flap its wings it can't stretch it can't do anything and in the second cover, when Glory has escaped from her mother, she's the cage is empty. The only thing left behind are a few feathers. And I think it is the beginning in the in the first book, she's trapped by doctrine and tradition and fear. And then in the second one, it looks like she's escaped, but there's a little bit of her left behind. She's still a little bit trapped in the cage. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I see it. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I like the idea. And you know, I also love how on your website, you were quoted saying, help. The people <laughs> in my head are clawing their way into the world. <laughs> <laughs> How do you build your characters? Are they inspired by real people? Well, I think my characters build themselves. I write them as they come to me. They just, the characters evolve as the story evolves. 
when I'm writing, I have an idea of character names and a kind of idea of the character's backstory. And then the characters like tell me their stories. There's a character, Malcolm, in the first book. He had some things happen to him, and I didn't know that until I started writing his backstory. And it was, it literally came to me as I was writing it. Some of the good characters are inspired by people I know, like my parents. In the second book, there are two characters, June and Perry, who are my real parents, June and Perry. I have given characters names of people I know. My cousins are kind of happy that they're in my book, but not the bad guys. Bad guys are not anybody I know. I would say Malcolm is a combination of little bits and pieces of people I know, but he's mostly made up. Um, Glory has a little bit of me. Um, there are some things that happened to her that I experienced and she likes some of the things that I liked, but she's not autobiographical. Mm -hmm. I, my life was nothing like Glory's life. It's completely fictional. Completely fictional. Yes. Deborah. What would you like your readers to take away from these books? I would like them to be entertained. I don't think there's a really specific message. Um, maybe everything is not always what it seems. And some things are really too good to be true. But mainly, I I want them to be entertained. If for some reason or another, this is considered a classic and there's an English teacher trying to decipher the meaning behind the books, there's no meaning. Everything that's in the book is what the meaning is. The blue curtains are just blue curtains. There's no meaning behind the blue curtains. Um, I would like them to take away Besides entertainment, um, choices are important. It is your kids are going to grow up and do what they do what they do. If you give them what they what they need to grow and mature and achieve, but yeah, mainly entertainment. I'm sure people will be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> and. Deborah, you mentioned you have plenty of ridiculous stories, true stories. <laughs> Can you share one with us, if you don't mind? Okay, let's see. When I was little, my mother would receive the bills. The bills would come in the mail, and she called them pay or die letters. So... I thought that bad guys and bill collectors were going to come and kill my mother. And I was trying to figure out how they would do it. Because on TV, in cartoons, nobody died from bullets. The cartoons, people would get shot and they turn around and fall, but nobody actually died. But poison did kill people. 
So I figured that the bad guys were going to try and poison her. And I know my mother was smart enough not to just drink anything that had the skull and crossbones on it. She wouldn't drink poison on purpose. So they had to put the poison in something that she wouldn't notice. And they couldn't put them, I had it in my head that they would try to poison bags of potato chips, but they couldn't put them in bags of potato chips. So the only thing that she ate without opening a package was fresh produce, like apples and bell peppers and things like that. And in the movie Snow White, the witch put poison on an apple and it made it nice and pretty. And so I figured that the bill collectors were going to poison all the fresh produce in the grocery store so that my mother would buy it and eat the poison apple and die. And I grew up being a little bit of afraid, a little bit afraid of fresh produce. And even now when I am in the grocery store, I remember that and get a little bit nervous. So I wash everything extra carefully because they're bill collectors who are going to poison the fresh produce. Oh. And yes, that's my ridiculous childhood story. <laughs> Have you talked to your mom about it when you were a kid? Like, I didn't talk to, I didn't tell her about it when I was little. I asked her, always asked her if she washed it. Because there were sometimes when she washed fruits and vegetables, she would put dish soap or washing powder in the water to scrub them extra well. So I figured she knew they were probably poisoned. So she was washing them extra carefully. But I never told her that I thought the bill collectors were going to poison her. What there, bro? I can imagine you were there, like suffering. Oh, maybe my mom is going to be. Yes, <laughs> yes. I've been making up stories my whole life. So you have the best career ever because you always made up stories. Maybe. Yes, and then you are now an author. And are you a full-time author, Deborah? No, no, I have a regular job, which I absolutely love. I'm a graphic designer on a medical journal. And when I'm not at work, I write. Is there something that you are working now that you would like to share with us? Some other um, books or? I am working on a story and it, I'm working on a story with a friend. We started it in 2016 and put it aside and then decided to pick it up again this year. I can't go into details because we're still kind of fleshing out some bits and pieces of it, but we are hoping that it will be finished this year. And there are, I spoke to two literary agents and both of them are interested in this story. So we are anxious to get it finished. But it's not about Glory or her family. It's set about five or 10 years in the future. It's kind of dystopian. There's not a lot of high tech future technology or anything like that. It's, but it's just what will, it's more like what's happening in America in five or 10 years. In five or 10 years, we can have 
an idea, but if we stop and think, oh my gosh, how it will be in about 30, 50 years. It's so difficult. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's why we went only five or 10 years in the future. Great. So I hope you'll come back to tell us. I certainly will. I mm -hmm. certainly will. And Deborah, is there a message you would like to leave our listeners today? Hmm. I don't know. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I answered all of the questions. I love hearing from readers. So please feel free to visit my website, drop me a line. If you've read my books, read a, leave a review and watch out for Poison Produce. Yes. First, reviews are gold for us authors. Yes, they are. They really are. Deborah, please let us know where we can find you and your book and of course your website, which is, is a great website. Thank you. The books are available on Amazon, of course, and pretty much anywhere you can order books. You mm -hmm. can order them at Barnes and Noble. They're available on bookshop.org. They are available, yeah, pretty much everywhere you can order books. And my website is deborahlking.com. You can also find me as Deborah Loy, my first and middle name, uh, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-L-O-I on Facebook and Twitter. And I think it's Deborah L. King writer on Instagram. Great. So it's easy to find you. Yes. If you Google Deborah L. King, I'll come up. Or if you Google Glor Glory Bishop, I'll come up. Fantastic. And Deborah, you are invited to write an article for the Relatable Voice magazine. Okay, I will write something. And our I'm... listeners will be able to see your book cover, to learn a little bit more about you, and to okay. see your I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.
I'm already curious to know about her mother's <laughs> background or childhood. It's, it's uh, I can tell you without giving away too much, Mary was, her parents tried to force her into an arranged marriage. And she did not like that idea at all. So she ran away and married this, the boy down the street and they didn't quite live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. Yes, and in the end, she is kind of doing the same with her daughter. So Yes, yes, and it winds up she's doing the same thing to her daughter. Okay, so um, actually I have to tell you, your cover, your book covers have caught my attention. Uh, there is a when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.